Greetings, nerds. This is Athena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very well, Sarah. I missed talking with you last week, but uh, glad to be back, and hope you're having a good week. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to be sarcastic. Um, my spirit is kind of like a little all over the place, as is yours. So I have yeah. no idea how this recording is going to go. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will go very well. I mean, we uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week. So uh, yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, I guess as folks know, we were postponed last week. I live in in the Carolinas, and uh, yeah, North and South Carolina were hit was hit by Hurricane Florence. And I know folks always like to do good stuff. To help people out in need and the need is, is definitely there so i just wanted to like start off the podcast tonight if you want to donate uh you can text florence to 20222 uh, again that's florence to 20222 and uh it'll go to the north Carolina disaster relief fund and uh, help a lot of people who are are really hurting after after that storm so uh thank you in advance yeah yeah um do the right thing, people. Do the right thing. Well, let's talk about Iron Fist that came out this month. Um, yeah, Iron Fist did. So, how far did you get? Um, so, uh, prior to everything going sideways, I got through about halfway through it, uh, and then I decided I read a couple things, and then also I took your sage advice with these Marvel shows, which is just, just skip to the end. So, I did it one time, <laughs> one time. No, I did it twice. I you did it back. twice. That's right. That's right. You did it. Jessica <laughs> Jones and Luke Cage, both of them season twos. And I, I, I took your advice and I'm glad I did, but I will say the payoff, the finale was very good. Um, it was not advice. It just happened because I was bored. It's not like a hurricane hit and I suddenly yeah. couldn't catch up with the shows. I just, I couldn't get into it. And yeah. so I fast forward. I probably, um, honestly, honestly, I probably would have done the same thing anyway. <laughs> well, now you're just being mean. No, like, no, I'm rude. Not, no, I'm not being mean. It's just. Give your honest opinion, sir. <laughs> uh, my honest opinion is, like I said, I. I think I would have, I was struggling to get through it to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I think this is, you know, if any folks have been listening to this podcast for a while, uh, you, folks are probably starting to see a reoccurring theme with me and, and the Marvel shows. It's just, I have a very hard time, with the exception of probably Jessica Jones season one, getting into these characters. What was it about Jessica Jones season one that allowed you to um, stick with it? It was just so well executed, and and I thought it's very fresh. She was just a super awesome hero with a really strong story. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt the same way a little bit as well about Luke Cage season one, um, <laughs> but but the rest of them, I mean, Daredevil. Iron Fist, even the Defenders, I mean, they're all a slog for me to get through, and Punisher as well. I just, for whatever reason, I just don't, I don't know, it, it could be just my, I uh, have an inherent uh, bias towards DC, but as far as uh, uh, these characters, but, you know, on the same token, I'm a big fan of the MCU, but, uh, but the Marvel Netflix universe, I just cannot get into yeah, I mean, 
I, I I mean, and we also know my trend with these shows. If I don't get into it, then I have no problem skipping forward and just getting the information I need and calling it a day. I'm not tied to these shows. And even Daredevil season one, I'm pretty sure I skipped around or it took me forever to get through it. Daredevil season two, I still can't believe you haven't seen, though. Well, yeah. shame on you. I know. Um, shame on me. But And, and maybe it's just that the nature... You know, a, a lot of folks binge these shows, and maybe if I didn't try to binge it and just kind of spread it out like, you know, for example, our, our regular broadcast shows where it, it's over the course of a, of a you know, a, se- a, a traditional television season, maybe that would help a bit because, you know, it's hard they to They can't sit. be dense. It's just hard to, like, you know, yeah, they are dense. I mean, it's, you know, they're, most of them are... At an average of you know fifty one minutes to an hour, and there's a lot going on, and it is very hard for me at least to, to binge these shows. And I think maybe if I like broke it up, and I actually have a chance to digest it more instead of weeks time or whatever, you know maybe I will get more into it. Because I mean there are I mean to be fair I mean there were some parts of Iron Fist season two that I, I did parts in a couple early episodes. So I was like okay was starting to get into it somewhat, you know, but again, it was one of those things where I, you know, I could honestly take it or leave it as far as the show. You know, I, I will say that I think he was a much better character defenders. And I did, you know, and just based off of what I've heard of season one, I can see how, um, you know, they clearly learned their lessons from season one and tried to, to punch up and make a more compelling story in season two. But honestly, I just, <laughs> I, I, here's the other thing I think about Iron Fist as I'm watching it. Come on, Will! <laughs> My last thought on this is when I'm watching it, I feel like I'm watching a, uh, another, uh, uh, I was thinking Oliver Queen, quite frankly. And I'm like, here we have same type of character as, as Oliver, where, you know, instead of, uh, you know, Oliver gets marooned on Leon Yu, Danny gets uh, marooned in another, uh, in his place. And I, and I couldn't, for me, I was, throughout the series, I was actually drawing comparisons between Danny Rand and Oliver Queen. And I just felt a stronger affinity towards Oliver Queen than I do Danny Rand. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, it's been a few weeks since I've binged this show, so I feel like um, now that you have said that, that I thought that at one point during the season, and then I quickly forgot about it because of all of the kung fu action in this show. Um, to go back to your point, as having been the only member here present who has seen both seasons of Iron Fist, I will say that the reason why Iron Fist 2 is better than season 1 is because we actually focused on the hero as opposed to Danny Rand. Hmm. Danny Rand is boring as heck. Yeah. Oliver Queen is actually an interesting character yeah. because of everything that they did on that show to really acknowledge that the true mystery about Oliver Queen is who is Oliver Queen? Is he the arrow or is he um is he the boy that everybody thought he was going like is he the man that everybody wanted him to grow up to do be due to his family's legacy? I don't know anymore. It's Danny. 
Um, yeah, you're right. Davos should have should have ended up with Joy. Ward was pretty awesome in the season. I really liked what they did with his character because he was trash in the first season. And the best part of um, Iron Fist season two was the Daredevil for the Daredevil tease at the very end. Can we move on? <laughs> yes, we can. And I think that's a perfect segue to Daredevil. Season three. Well, you're not going to watch it. You just spent like 20 minutes saying about I, why you don't like this universe, Will. I know. I know. And I, I, I you know, you know me. I, I will always freely give something a chance. I will give it a chance. Because I will say that I did like. Matt Murdock and and the Defenders, as far as the character, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm very curious to see you know given how the Defenders ended, I this just pure curiosity makes me want to just sort of watch Daredevil season three uh, just to see how that arc sort of plays out. Yeah, especially because one of these seasons, Karen's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the biggest like where my interest in that show is is when is she going to die um, is she the, the whole dyna- dynamic as soon as they introduced Punisher and then gave him his own show and had her be such a key part of that show I don't know what it means in terms of this whole storyline because I just saw the 30 second tease for Daredevil season three and clearly Matt's coming back and he's also going to be very tempted to resume his angst against Kingpin. Um, and which is kind of like, well, why? Mm-hmm. Well, what if Kingpin did something to Karen? And that makes you think, well, where the heck was Frank? Um, no, it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say it was a very, you know, as, as someone who's can, who is agnostic towards the Marvel Netflix universe, I will I will give the folks who put the new at Netflix who put these trailers together because I, I I will say I was like, wow, this is this dark trailer and, and the uh, conflict. Con- the conflict that Matt Murdock was having as far as does he want what he wants to. Do as far as carry on forward as Daredevil and and yet you know trying to end this evil. Uh, it, it was it was a solid trailer and I thought that um, yeah you know, I was like as I said it it would give me a, a chance to uh, you know I may check it out. Yeah, but you completely missed the point of the trailer. Matt's dilemma is actually who does he love more? Does he love Karen Page? Or Foggy Nelson more. <laughs> For Daredevil fans, you know what I'm talking about. There's some bromance in happening. Who will grieve Matt Murdock more, Karen or Frog- Foggy? <laughs> <laughs> well, Foggy. Foggy. Yeah. Foggy. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I from what I've seen of your of your uh, comments about the show, it's definitely Foggy. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely Foggy because Foggy deserves Matt. Matt deserves Foggy and Karen deserves Frank. (laughs) (laughs) 
got it all um, worked. You got it all worked out. They need to hire you for, as the uh, screenwriter. Well, they they would never do that because they never end up bringing the stories I want to life. I put a theory out there and it crashes and burns immediately. <laughs> um, kind of like what we were debating about. Um, it's kind of like how we were talking about American Vandal season two, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we got it right. I don't think we did. Um, this was an easy binge for me. I I couldn't believe how quickly I got through this show. Season one is better. Yeah, it is. It is, and it bothers me because there are so many good moments where. They could take their two characters, um, Peter mm-hmm. and the other kid, I think its name is Sam, and and focus more on what going to the school and uncovering all of these, not uncovering these things, but, but meeting these people and engaging with these other high school students who are going through a lot of the similar things, what that does to them. Mm-hmm. Like, when I thought um, that the... The turd burglar, that's the true thing that they say on the show, mm-hmm. was the best friend of the the jock. I forget his name. I forget all names. Like, enough said. No? any Is that ringing a bell? Will, have I lost you? Will, are you still alive? I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm, still, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here listening. I am listening. Okay. I thought you were going to help me out with some names here. Um, uh, I thought that they were going to, like, go. turn it around and talk about how, like, Peter tends to be like this director and everybody knows him more. Mm-hmm. About, yeah, but, but they didn't do that. And I thought it was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. And whereas it was an easy bench for you, for me, it was a hard bench. I just didn't, I just, you know, I, you know, I think I watched the, I watched the first episode and I, and it was like probably the only episode where I actually found myself laughing out loud. Like, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then I went to episode two and I started, you know, getting further into it. And you know, it was just like with, with such, you know, with, when you hold it up to season one and just how well they did that first season as far as with the satire with true crime and 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 you know, also you know, taking on the uh, you know, social issue, you know, the social things as far as teenagers and, and you know, at the high school and, and, and all that. To me, this season just, it just seemed very just flat. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and just the port, it was a, just sort of a shadow of, of itself from last year. Uh, and now I will say that I, what I did like about the show this season two is, uh, the, you know, how it did, I thought it did succeed in tackling how people, you know, create idealistic, uh, ideal, you know, manufactured images of themselves via social media. And I thought that part, you know, I think they, they carried that through very well um and 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 also how social media can be used you know to also shame people 
and also uh, embarrass people and the whole catfish. But you know, but but they did it well. But to me, it, it wasn't original because I'm like, okay, I you know, I see I've seen this like play out and various other you know shows or in real life and it was kind of like okay yeah I, I get that and 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 quite frankly it's just like okay how far can you take a poop joke for like you know eight episodes <laughs> i mean everybody poops yeah okay i get it i love to play on words the dump you know as far as the episode yeah fine okay but i i just I don't know. It just it, it it was season. It didn't capture me the way season season one did. Right. I I feel, I feel like they went heavy on the true crime aspect. Yes. Uh, for example, that episode where pretty much we never saw Peter and Sam at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was episode two, and we're just locked in that that room. As um, this kid is being questioned yeah. and is yeah. basically sends submits his um, false confession, mm-hmm. um, and that took me back so much to when I watched um, the making of a murderer on Netflix because there's some that was very reminiscent into to something that occurred in that case as well. Yeah. Um and then he kept taking the objects and they're like, show me how to do it and he's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which made him look like a complete idiot too at the same time. Yeah. But I was it was it was it was interesting. And I just I feel like because they took so long introducing us to the school to these characters and these new kids that they forgot about everything they built during the first season and the compelling stuff that occurred in the first season was that they focused more on telling the characters um, the stories of these these multiple characters and also how how the the kid who is accused of the crime, his life and how that's getting infected. Mm-hmm. But the the documentarians, how them just being involved in it, suddenly they become the outcasts in the high school. Mm-hmm. And then they start to question everything. And that was fascinating because you had both dramas unfold simultaneously. In this, we only had one. Right. And they were so new and it kept... And I agree with you, Will, like this whole idea that of what the end point of the season was that social media, it's it's currently taking over our lives to the point that we're just shells of people that we are because we're online all the time. And that's one identity. And that hinders a teenager from figuring out who they really are. Mm-hmm. Um Sierra Burgers, Burgess is a loser. That movie just came out on Netflix. It has a ton of backlash because it's basically the same concept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is about catfishing. Yeah. And it is a love story simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But it's still this idea that you can, because of social media, you can make yourself to be whoever you want to be. Yep. But that doesn't mean that you that anyone really knows you and that's what's so heartbreaking about it yeah um but i completely agree we don't need to be told that ten thousand times yeah yeah i just yeah maybe that's what it is maybe it just felt this season two just felt so derivative that it just 
it was hard for me. I mean, I was as I was watching, I would I would start doing other stuff because it did. I was like, okay, I've, I've seen this. I mean, I've seen like the the jock who you know uh, Matai uh, Teo, who like was a professional football player while he was in college. He was he was catfished, and I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. Why do I need to see this again on a TV show that I've already like experienced this in real life? So right. yeah, so yeah, so it, it 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 again it had the shock value as far as the you know, the various uh, ways that um, the sort of burglar was manipulating people into doing these crimes and, and blackmailing them, you know, with uh, whatever they were like, you know, the guy who uh, self pleasured himself um, in a very flexible way. And the dick photo, you know, and the, you know, unnecessary, very yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, and I guess that's what, I, and I guess that was also for was kind of downer for me for this this show. It was like carrying a joke too far, uh, and it's doing it for shock value's sake. And I'm sort of like, okay, yeah, well, you know, who drew the dicks? It's like, you know, that was also a very funny play and all things but there was like as you said earlier i mean i think season one had such greater depth that mm-hmm. this season lacked that yeah maybe they should just before they think about doing a season three they need to really think hard long and hard about you know what uh, what what can they do this original instead of derivative of other things that we've seen yeah and to just to follow up that before we move on is that they, it was so simple in the first season. There was one crime that was committed. There was one potential vandal. Mm-hmm. They made this season complicated. Mm-hmm. There were multiple crimes. And then we find out towards the end, committed by very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, the same mastermind behind it. And I just, I don't think that this show needs to do that. This show, the the simple the simplicity in the first season needs to be recaptured for yep. me to want to return and just want to reengage and I do think though if I was a writer in that room considering they made it a point to tell us that this whole documentary was a senior year project this next season really needs to be a type of a crime that allows um, Sam and Peter to explore the fact that they're not going to be high schoolers anymore. Like there's a new chapter and what that means. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that they don't end up missing that opportunity. Or for all I know, they'll just be in college now and there'll be a college vandal that they have to hunt down. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, moving on to things that are kind of, I wouldn't say that this is derivative, but it is very reminiscent of a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, Captain Marvel trailer dropped this week. Yes, it did. Dropped it. Um, I really like this trailer. I really, really did. I don't know why I'm whispering. I did. I love this trailer, too. Yeah. Abby. I, that score. Mm-hmm. Is so good. It, is. it reminded me so much of Arrival. Yes. Yeah. There's this this boating sound in the background, and it 
And it also, um, Arrival meets Rogue One. That's a good point. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's that same kind of like, I'm not going to do that. Um, It's just the sound in the background that is almost like a warning bell. Mm -hmm. But they also muted it just enough to make it not overtake the, that, that more, comic book sound that we're used to in these trailers, that more um, hero-driven sound Mm -hmm. that we're used to of a a big adventure occurring. Yeah, yeah. I uh, My reaction to it was, damn, the MCU did it again. I mean, they're just on a hot streak as far as films. And they have figured out a formula that works and you know, not only in their trailers, but it's you know carried through an execution and like the final product when we see the film, and it just it sets the tone right out right out of the gate from uh, what we remember from Infinity War, which is um, spoiler alert: Nick Fury you know, texting, well, I guess paging her. Uh, you see the nineties uh, parlance. <laughs> 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 and and we and we go and then when we first see and this trailer opens up we we get blockbuster video and you know and we've talked about this a lot this year about so much callback to nostalgia and and to the nineties and and what is more quintessential nineties than than blockbuster and it just you know right out of the gate it just sets the tone like okay we are we are going to go uh, back in time a little bit and but i just i like the way they they structured the the trailer in that we 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 see carol danvers and all these different scenarios we get some sprinkling of her origin but we know this is not going to be an origin story movie which i'm glad they're not doing that but they'll still sprinkle her you know her, her background and stuff in there um and it just you know it 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 just it had had a grand grandness to it like like black panther did um and and so i'm i'm really looking forward to to seeing that uh seeing seeing it when it comes out um so the 90s references everybody's talking about the the blockbuster, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting to me is part of Sam Jackson's monologue is, uh, you know, spaceships, space yep. invasion, big mm-hmm. car chase and everything. And I'm like, oh, he's making references to classic 90s movies. Totally. And then they end on this image that could have been taken from um, almost pulp fiction, if you ask me, like all he's oh. missing is that afro hair. Oh, you're having mine. And it's yeah, it's just it's just it works so well. And I actually disagree with you to a point, Will, that I don't think it was as grand and epic as Black Panther. There was something almost grounded about this that really drew me in that I haven't seen since maybe Winter Soldier. Mm. I can see that. Black Panther had to be so epic 
um, because of everything that film represented and still represents today. And, and they had the themes to back that up. I feel like Captain Marvel, especially with the first trailer, all they wanted to do was be like, we don't really need to tell you who Captain Marvel is. We don't need to tell you that um, the, her origin, we don't have to tell you what this movie is about. We don't have to explain why she's punching a grandma in the face, even though it's probably a scroll. Nope. All we have to tell you is that, hey, she's she's from Earth, but she doesn't remember that. Right. Okay. Understood. And I love how, how Nick Fury refers to her as a renegade soldier mm-hmm. who fell from the sky. Yeah. Like, that just sold me. I, I wanted to buy my ticket now, like, yeah. as soon as I heard that line. Because that really is this whole idea of Captain America, but also she has some baggage that you can compare to Superman. Yeah. Like, you, she lived two lives, and she has to reconcile both now and figure out who she wants to be now and whose side she really is on. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the I can't disagree with you there. I mean that and I guess when I say grand or grandness to it is um I just I, I think I guess my point was more it's just a a, a, a big story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not and 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 also big in the sense that this is the the first MCU film that is going to be you know, a, a, a woman is going to be the, the central focus of, of the story. And, preach. huh? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I was just like, preach. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and what a way to start phase, I guess this is phase four of the MCU with, with this character. And, mm-hmm. and, Introducing her in the way that you just eloquently stated, I really think that um, that that was what to me was sort of the grandness of it. That was also like, you know, it was not exactly like the Black Panther grandness and epicness, but it was like this is a launching pad for the next for the next wave of of the MCU and how this franchise is going to evolve. From what we know, and to what we'll what we're going to see with Captain Marvel and other characters moving forward, like Doctor Strange and some of the you know Phase Three characters that uh, were, that were introduced recently, and also okay. maybe eventually Black Widow, as far as as far as one of the original Phase One characters. Yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. I just I I've heard from other people online that one of their criticisms is that they walked away from this trailer kind of feeling like, yeah, uh, I don't care. And I think well, if uh, we were to compare it to Black Panther, what it was missing was those kind of epic battle scenes and this idea that um, and that appeal that Black Panther had as it, it was trying to tell a story about a nation, not just one person. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's very interesting because the moment that stuck out to me in this trailer the most out of anything was when they showed the succession of um, Carol from 
her as a girl mm-hmm. to her middle-aged and then her as a pilot and then her as Captain Marvel. And just that succession to me was like, this isn't a story that's going to, that's war focused. This is just about a girl mm-hmm. and a woman and her coming to figure out who she is and what she has become and identity. Mm-hmm. Very different story. And it's, and it's on par with similar themes that they did in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Granted, they said that in World War II, um, not the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another end of the decade. Um, but the last thing, um, to go off to that point is that, um, I couldn't help but just be like, watch this trailer and immediately think, this trailer tells me all the reasons why I did not find Aquaman's trailer at all enticing. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh. uh, go ahead. No, I, I watched them again. I watched them both back to back this evening, just prepping for it tonight. And, um, yeah, it's just, Totally, yeah. I mean, and I know we talked uh, just earlier in the week too um, about mm-hmm. the differences between the two, uh, beyond just the superficial things as far as special effects and whatnot. But just the tone of the stories, and to your point about the, the groundedness of Captain Marvel, and mm-hmm. for me, the with Aquaman, I was watching it, and, I, and it's the the, the one-liners and the trying to be funny and the, you know, try, they were trying to like, it was like DCEU was just trying too hard to like, you know, force the humor that just comes naturally in the MCU with some of his one-off things. And just tonally, right. it was just a different like level of like, you know, Aquaman, I just felt like, okay, is it just beefcake, you know, this big stuff, John, <laughs> just walking around. Whereas with, with Captain Marvel, you know, again, it was very grounded. And even though she is, you know, clearly a young girl who was whisked away and raised on an alien world and then brought back, I just felt, yeah, I mean, again, I just like, okay, I want to buy, like you said, I want to buy my ticket now to see this. Whereas Aquaman, I'm like, I, I, I can just be fine waiting until the thing comes out on DVD at this point now. Especially yeah. when you see it in comparison with, uh, with, uh, Captain Marvel. And, and quite frankly, even now with some of the further versions of trailers for Venom, as far as comic book movies that are left for this year, I, I mean, I, the pecking order for me is like, you know, as far as 2018 movies, you know, Venom actually is over Aquaman at this point. Wow. I never thought I would hear you say that. Yeah, it is. It's true. Are you Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm, I, I, Did Florence do this too? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm been. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. I I really am. But it's just when you see these, you know, compared to three. I'm, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, that's just how I feel right now. Wow. We we won't tell Jason Momoa. No, we won't. I swear. <laughs> okay, I emailed him while you were talking. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> well, and it's not his fault. It's just you know he's I'm, you know he's doing the best he can to work with what he's given. And you right. know maybe you know I've, I've been admittedly a, a DCEU apologist. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, y'all, I have to you know I have to just call it like I see it. I mean the MCU again is king, and even the Sony. Marvel Universe is is hitting better than the DCEU right now. At least, right. at least based on the trailers I've seen. 
Yeah, it's um, Venom. It's, I mean, that second trailer kind of it, it lowered my interest in Venom. Like uh, that line, a turd in the wind. I'm like, seriously, who wrote this? Who yeah, wrote this? Yeah, you yeah. freaking turd. But there's still kind of just this curiosity mm-hmm. of what is it? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. is Venom at yeah. this point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so compared to and with Aquaman, it's yeah. mo- with Aquaman, it's more like. I've been burned so many times by this universe. The trailer just makes me realize that the same producers are behind this, even if they have a new director who actually knows how to tell a good story. I'm sorry if that was mean, but James Wan, he does. It's still, that trailer is just still exactly what we've seen from all the other DCEU films. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that is, it doesn't, it doesn't separate itself. Not like the even the Wonder Woman eighty four stills yeah. reminds you like, yeah, this is still DEC. I can't say that DC, but it we are very protective of this property and we will not let it sink. Yeah. Aquaman, I I feel like they just they 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 went a bit overboard. I I don't know, but. It's, and, it, and Captain Marvel reminded me of all of that. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we did the same thing with both trailers. We saw the still images, commented about the stills, and the trailers kind of were like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what we're signing up for when yep. we go see these films." Yep, yep. That is what it is. Yep. Um, ooh, you know what also dropped this week? What's that? Joker images. Yes. Yes. Did you see them? I, I saw a couple of them, yeah. And I saw the one of Joaquin Phoenix, and I was like, okay, just, I'm just going to keep on walking past this. Wow. I'm just I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. I, mean, I do, not, do not know. Like, when it's just his face, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I see it. <laughs> when they go out, I'm like, I see a set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. But like the, when the, when it's just his face and he's in the costume, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, this could be really, really good. And yeah. I was listening to Collider, um, Collider Live and mm-hmm. they pointed out really what you have to remember. Joaquin Phoenix had an offer for Doctor Strange. He turned it down. Yeah. Now, some would say he's an actor who doesn't do those kind of movies, but now he is. And there has to be a reason why, like Mm -hmm. in that script. Mm -hmm. He is Um, very selective. He is very selective. Yeah. And and you just you got to wonder why there was such an interest in there. And um, and so that's the only reason why I, I have I still have hope in that movie is because I just want to know why he chose it. Mm -hmm. Now, I still think it's going to be awful. And I still think that the movie doesn't make any sense because Batman and Joker are two sides of the same coin. Yep. And, yeah, the fans want both, not Mm -hmm. one or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, did anybody learn from Suicide Squad? Huh? 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 I guess not. 
No, because they're also come, still going through with that Gotham sirens. Like, what is with DC movies? Like, hey, I'm just going to take the villains and make these villain character like stories that make no sense and yeah. nobody wants. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, yeah. They 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 love throwing you know good money after bad or whatever you know cliche you want to throw in there. But um, I I just don't I just don't get their selection choices uh, when they have such a staple of, of many characters that can they can really build some good stories around. But they changes at the top I think of of the studio as far as quit trying to be the MCU and taking you know B level characters and trying to make them A listers. Yeah, especially, because, especially villains because it doesn't work. Yeah, and then your A-lister heroes will leave, like mm-hmm. I.E. Henry Cavill. Well, he's not. He might not be gone, but. Uh, Krypton? No. <laughs> 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 uh, I need Krypton to come back. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh, I um. So while you were off um, saving the world or saving the Carolinas. I managed to watch, to go to the theater, not once, but twice this week. Oh, what did you see? I saw Searching. Okay. Okay. Um, it's the, it's a smaller movie that I'm not sure too many people know about. Um, I've heard of the it. big, the is big it, cell. Is this the one with the Oscar Isaac? No. Okay. That's Life Itself. Life Itself, okay. Yeah, that's the one that's, um, directed by the same, um, Dan Fogelman, who created This Is Us. Okay. Uh, Searching is about, is the big sell of this movie is that it is a, um, about a, a father, a single father who, whose daughter goes out one night and never comes home. And why this is an interesting movie is because it's all told from the screen of a laptop. Hmm. The first two minutes of the movie are very freaky because it's literally somebody starting their computer <laughs> and it's dead quiet <laughs> until you hear that. Ta-da! <laughs> and it freaked me out. I'm like, what's going on? It's, I, I found it interesting how caught up in the mystery of it all I got. Mm. I was kind of like, ah, oh, where are my clues? Because you're, you know a laptop, you have yeah. one screen, but right. you often have multiple windows open, and right, so you're right. constantly looking around the screen to try to figure out if anything is coming up. And I was able to pick up a few pieces and, and figure it out right before the main character did of what really happened. Mm-hmm. And and it does have some nice turns. I'm, I, I don't feel like I wasted my money. I, I could have watched this from the leisure of my own home and been just that satisfied. It's not a go to the theater kind of movie, Okay. but it is interesting. Then a few nights later I went and I saw a simple favor. Hmm. Tell me about this. I'm not familiar with this one. This one is with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick and it is a Paul Figg's latest film. It is a dark, dark comedy that is heavy on the, plot twist mm-hmm. and low on the comedy in my opinion I don't think it was really funny like the theater never laughed Ooh. okay Ooh, that's not good yeah <laughs> okay the theater laughed more within the first 15 minutes of Avengers than it did at all in that two hour movie well 
Um, it is still I. Did you did, let me ask you this? Did you did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I think I might just walk out of here? No. Okay. So it's not that bad. It's just it's not, but it's just not. They just not did not succeed in care executing the comedy. I also have never walked out of a movie that I've paid for okay. in the theater. Okay. I have purchased the movie online and stopped watching it. But there's just something about the commitment of leaving your own home, yeah. making the effort to get there on time, sitting down, that for you to just get up and leave, like I kind of understand it, but I kind of just have always been like, no, I can stay. Ooh, actually, I take that back. <laughs> I, I have walked out of movies before, but not for that reason. Okay. Yeah, I've done it before, uh, but I didn't, and then I went to go see something else that was just getting started. So I was like, look, I'm here. And yeah. 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 I've done that once or twice. Yeah. We're kind of going off topic, but. Yeah. Sorry. Simple favor. Will, you're not the target audience from for this movie. Um, one, you're okay. definitely not. Okay. Um, It's not bad, but it's not great either. The most compelling part of it was when I watched an interview with Trevor Noah and Anna Kendrick and Anna Kendrick explained part of the thing that was going on with her character. And I'm like, oh, now that makes me that much more interested in the movie that I just watched and didn't really understand. I got it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We good. We good. All right. Uh, Will, well, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at CNN Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.